1: Welcome to Man on the Post's World Cup daily podcast. Uh, That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, I'm Colin, and today it's it's just the two of us. Um, But who is my partner in crime? It's only Adam Scott-Allen. Hello. How you doing, Adam? Yeah, good, you? Yeah, good, good. It was... uh, Great to see England get off to a flying start, and I think that's really sort of building up the tension now. I think everyone's getting World Cup fever.
0: It's definitely spread. It's spreading.
1: It is, yeah. I think I think now is the point where even like non-football fans are sort of getting interested in it, um, which is all good. Um, so yeah, the more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Okay then. Um, since it's just two of us. You know we're going to be discussing things and just throwing ideas back and forth. Um, so without further ado, we're going to go straight into the games. We've had a smorgasbord of goals today. We've uh, really have been uh, treated. Kicking off with Colombia one, Japan two. Um, just a little summary to start off with, and then Adam, you know, you know, let let me know your sort of take on it. Um, so, Japan go up uh, 1-0 ahead. Um, terrible error in defence by Colombia. Osako gets the ball, shoots. Ospina saves. Kagawa shoots. And then Carlos Sanchez handballs. Gets himself sent off. Um, I think that's the first red card of tournament, Adam. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. What a way to do it. If you're going to do it, get it in style. <laughs> um, I mean...
0: Well, none, let's let's none start... of this two yellows nonsense.
1: Oh no, no, no! Get straight in at the deep end. Um, I mean, let, let's actually let's just dig into that. I mean, first of all, Carlos Sanchez clear handball. We didn't really need any VAR for that. Um, I mean, what was he thinking
0: in the third minute? Yeah, so, I'm going to concede a penalty as well. You, if you're going to go one nil down, go one 0 down with eleven men. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. Overall, obviously, this get that that highly affects the the result of the game when Colombia spending ninety seven plus minutes with ten men. But most people would say this would be a result not many people saw coming. But if you listen back to our our preview pods, a certain certain Colin tips tips Japan for greatness, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just said keep an eye out for the guys, and uh, yeah, they delivered. But um, obviously, Colombia game quite literally a helping hand
0: yeah well, yeah. Uh, because of when the the, the game was I, don't, I actually watched the, the first half of my lunch break at work and um, despite the fact that uh, that uh, Sanchez had done that and um, Kagawa had been able to put Japan one a up from the spot I thought of that in that first half uh, Colombia were the was were still probably the better team um, a cheeky little free kick to, to level it up just before half time but they controlled the play and were dominating possession and territory and really going at japan and i think it it shows sort of um the character and reserve in in that japan team to to be able to dig in to be defensively solid and then to play their their football themselves in that second half when Colombia are obviously going to tire
1: yeah i mean moving on from dirty sanchez as you said then you know Colombia did equalize with that free kick, and my question to you, Adam, would be: you know, I'm sure everybody's seen it, but the wall jumps, and he basically side foots it into the net, and it beats the keeper.
0: Well, the, the he, keeper he, has a bit of a mare, doesn't he? As well. Yeah. He he did mean it, did he? The guy.
1: I taking, think, I think he definitely meant
0: it. I definitely think he meant it. Does I think it's he, a it's a clever free kick. I think.
1: He didn't put any power into it. That was the only thing that got me thinking. It was it was it, it basically just just walked itself in.
0: Well, the, the the it it was made quite easy for them, wasn't it? Like you said, I think he just uh, it it catches the com- keeper out completely, and um, he does his best. It's the fact he, the keeper tries to claim it didn't cross the goal line, despite goal line technology 20 cameras <laughs> 200 countries in the world showing the game it's worth a try though yeah yeah well, yeah well sure yeah. <laughs> but, um I, I've, I've literally just watched it out he definitely he definitely knows what he's doing he's yeah. he's taken his lead from uh, um i'm sure people do before but i the first person i ever saw to do that was ronaldinho and um he yeah he's definitely it's definitely intentional it's very clever um and it, will, it was so close to being enough to get Colombia out of a big hole. Well, that that was looking the case, wasn't it? Um, Japan eventually
1: won the game two um, one. Asako again, um, he scores a header from a corner taken by Honda. Um, I was going to make a, a bad gag there, but I I, I won't. Um, no, actually, I will. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'd describe that corner as, um, I mean, when Honda took it, it really took it with some accord and yeah. uh, it, it absolutely motored in. Um, <laughs> and then it just left it with a Osaka to finish it off. Um, that was it, really. I mean, yeah. in, in a it's nutshell. Un- it's
0: unusual to see a, a Honda take corners so well, isn't it? It is, it is isn't it? Um,
1: uh, yeah. So essentially, in a nutshell, that you know, Colombia sort of you know, knackered themselves from the early off. Um, Japan did what they had to do. Um, they weren't half bad. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest game of football by any means. Um,
0: but you've got to take your chances in a World Cup, especially when uh, they're uh, they're in a very competitive group. Um, I think, um, probably the most competitive group where you can see any one of those four teams coming through. If you get handed, handed an opportunity with a, a team going down to 10 men in the third minute, and you do not take advantage of that, you're going to be kicking yourself. So this, when, you've only, when you're, you're in a tournament that's uh, uh, to begin with only consists of three games, you've got to take any opportunity you get given.
1: Completely agree. Um, let's move on to the next game of the day then Um, again in group H Poland versus Senegal Um, Senegal won it in the end 2-1 this was a little bit of a strange game wasn't it I mean um, the first goal Gay hits a shot hits Chionek, deflects off him goalkeeper's got no chance
0: yeah absolutely Uh, completely wrong foot doesn't it
1: yeah I mean, yeah, you got to feel sorry for the goalkeeper there. Um, and then Senegal go two 0 up. Massive defensive error. Niang is in on goal and scores. Now, what what did you think well, about
0: why, do, why does he score there, Colin? Because yeah, you, have, you haven't made that completely clear. Well, when you say massive defensive error and in on goal, in on goal, and there's no goalkeeper there.
1: Well, okay, so let's go through it. Um, the, the the ball is sort of in Poland's half. No, sorry, it's in Senegal's half, isn't it even?
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: The guy kicks it back towards his own defence slash keeper. Keeper comes running out. Nian comes on. The, the goalkeeper's nowhere near it. And the ball backwards was a
0: horror show. Niang takes the ball and it's an easy finish but when you say when, when we said the keepers nowhere near it he is 40 yards up the pitch at this point yeah completely misses it uh a, a hash made of it by she- um by and his um his defensive counterpart and Poland are immediately in a huge hole in, in a game that when you look at overall they the stats will tell you they dominated it 61% possession, 11 shots to eight, four shots on target to two. The only two shots Senegal had on target, well, I don't even know if that counts as their first goal. Counts as a shot on target.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've got a little bit of sympathy for Chesney here because he, he's been delivered a hospital pass and I think he's in the the old shit, sal- shit or bus saloon.
0: You're and, probably
1: right. And I think, right, he's got to make a decision one way or the other and if he got to that ball first he would probably be the hero you know he's, he's got his team out of jail um, and I think once he's gone for it he's got to keep going hasn't he?
0: Yeah, there's no halfway house there is there?
1: No, I, mean, I don't know if you saw this but if, if I was a Poland fan I, I think there was a little bit of shenanigans going on there I mean I don't think it was planned but Niang previously had been off the field. He'd gone down like he'd been shot. And then, while the game was in the Senegal half, the, the referee waves his hand and says, yeah, you can come on because he's been receiving treatment, so he's on the sidelines. Now, at this point, the guy who made the, the horror show pass back to his keeper, he didn't know Niang was back on the pitch. So, ah. so he... He essentially is on the halfway line. He runs on. And the only person who's seen this really is Chesney and possibly one of the other goalkeepers. Because when the referee waves him on, and it's a very small little wave, just a sort of like tap of the hand, the goalkeeper makes a pass back. uh, Sorry, the the player who makes a pass back, he doesn't know Niang's there. Because he thinks he's receiving treatment. So I don't think it was planned, but it was a little bit, naughty slash fortunate depending on whose side you're on
0: uh, absolutely i'm i'm i am you've you have you tickle tickled my fancy now, Colin. i'm going back to look for it now because I, I watched the highlights and i didn't see that little incident that particular part of the incident so let's have a look well the, the, the thing is it wasn't
1: really very well covered by the cameras and it was only when yeah he's he runs into
0: shot doesn't he
1: yeah um it wasn't really picked up that well um so I guess you could probably ask questions of the the referee, um, perhaps. So well, I didn't think I have the greatest game, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's sort of it's almost sort of to a lot of the Polish players is invisible.
0: Yeah, he doesn't think he's there. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right.
1: I mean, it's no excuse. You should always be, you know, looking around 360. But you know, if that was if, if that happened to England. And as an England fan, I'd be a little bit annoyed.
0: Yes, yeah, I think so would I. But I, I, like you said, I'd be annoyed. But I think I'd still would be fundamentally be blaming that defender. who should be. Well, it's not even defender. It's number. It's, their number ten. Who is their number ten? It's gonna be a name I can't pronounce anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God yeah we'll leave that number 10 yeah,
1: number 10 <laughs> um, I mean th- there was some sort of uh, potential light at the end of the tunnel um, Poland did get one back uh, with whack.
0: Um oh that is number 10 Colin you've got it oh Cruturiwak okay it's actually a very good header as well Puts oh yes Back right back across goal hits it firmly almost right into the side net and keep had no chance
1: I completely agree, and um, it it was good, but it was it was too little, too late, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, in the
0: eighty-sixth minute. And um, so I I actually work with um, a a Polish guy, and um, he uh, watched the, he watched the whole game, and afterwards was very very downbeat because like, like we said, this, for the same reasons we talk about Colombia about how tough this group is, um, he was mainly downbeat because uh, I think. He doesn't. He doesn't see Poland beating Colombia the way they played. He thought, he thought they were um, very lifeless and didn't create very many chances, despite all their domination. Mm.
1: Well, I think that wraps up uh, Poland and Senegal. Um, I think there'll be uh, a little bit of happiness there because an African team has is, is done well. And we—I we'll, don't know about you, but I always like to see the African teams do well. They always seem to get. They they never really seem to get the, you know, the credit they're due. Um, So, fair play to them. Um, Let's move on then to the final game this evening. Um, It's only Russia, again, versus Egypt.
0: 3-1 Russia. Um, A A result at the beginning of the tournament no one saw coming. Possibly, who knows? <laughs> but, but you'd have thought that when, when before there was an before there was any injury to Salah, and the sort of sour, the, the sort of sourness that the Russian me- the UK based Russian media were treating their own team with, giving us an impression that Russia were going to be terrible, absolutely terrible, and mm. um, that they've not been those things. Not at all.
1: Um, I mean and they've scored more goals than any other team in the tournament so far um, now fair enough it's cheating a little bit because they've played two games
0: <laughs> but um, the record even stands with, even without the second even without the second <laughs> game they'd still score more goals than anyone else yeah
1: um, so I'll, I'll quickly run through this I mean again on goal made an appearance um, Russia went 1-0 up um shot
0: hits Fatty goal yeah, um, but a bizarre bit of a bizarre bit of defending I thought go on well just with well, the way he sticks his leg out I, I'm not really sure what he's doing there when you're only sort of seven yards out um you're you are asking for trouble for he, he tries to play the ball and it just again completely wrong foots his keeper and leaves him with no no choice but as as per the um the Poland the get the incident in the the Poland game earlier on in the day, I think that uh this has been this is far more self inflicted than the first one.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean do you think a lot of that comes from pressure? Especially perhaps with it being in Russia. There's gonna be a lot more Russian fans there. The guy's trying to do his best.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very, very quite possibly.
1: Um I mean moving on, uh 2 00 Cherashev scores again. This is his third goal in the tournament. Um, And then 3-0, Russia. um, Zuba, clinical finish. Um, And then that left Egypt with an absolute pyramid to climb, didn't it? (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) I mean, mean, uh, you know, we should also add that, um, obviously, Egypt pulled one back with guess who, Mo Salah, um, a penalty correctly given. Thanks Do you to... think
0: I'm, I, since that penalty's happened, I've spent a long time reading the laws of the game because I'm not convinced it is right, but I cannot find anything that proves I'm neither right or wrong. I remember from, I'm sure I remember from when I did my referee training, which granted was 14 years ago, that the spot of the free kick is from where it starts. You're absolutely right. I mean, I I thought that at the time, and then the commentators said... Well, Danny, Mur- Danny Murphy spent ages saying what I thought was the law, and then saying that's why they need to change it to a penalty, uh, pen and I thought he was making a fool of himself. And then they went and did it. So that's why I spent so long res- trying to research it, and I've not been able to find the answer.
1: So the argument, what you're saying is that the, the start of the challenge is where the foul happened, which was outside the box. And the, the foul continued into the box, but... The fact is, it did start
0: outside of it. And it's actually a, 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 a VAR-related incident because the referee originally gave the free kick. It was only with the intervention of VAR that we got to this situation.
1: Yes, and he comp- and the referee completely agreed with what you've just said.
0: The, yeah. the
1: initial contact was outside the box, therefore it was a free kick.
0: I mean, in the end, it didn't Luckily, really... luckily it's highly academic, isn't it? Because it mm, hasn't influenced the game in the slightest. No,
1: um, I mean again, we should probably say a few things about Mo Salah. Salah was a guy who who was fouled. He took the penalty. He scored. I don't know what you think, Adam, but th- the guy's not fit.
0: They didn't have any. Cho- I, I, they didn't have any choice but to play him because of the situation they got themselves in after losing the, f- the first game against Uruguay. Um, so it was a real sort of this was a must-win game for them almost, and if you you have him on the bench again that the, the russians will immediately know you're bluffing um so you had to have, take a chance and like you said i don't think he was fit um not so much in fact that he couldn't cover ground because i don't think he's probably been able to to uh ride an exercise bike well, i'm sure he's been able to keep his cardio up I'm, it's more to do with the fact that he was um second guessing himself going into to challenges and jocking with players, he didn't want to. He he evidently did not want to go into any challenge. He thought he, he might he wouldn't one hundred percent win because he did not want to fall on that shoulder again.
1: And, and you can't blame him because I mean, if if I was the opposition, the first person you target would be him. Yeah, you know, not not in a bad way, but if there's a weakness, go get it.
0: And, and I can't remember the, the the soft Russians would not do that
1: well exactly um, and, and I don't think it'd be um, I, I wouldn't expect anybody to to give him any sort of oh well okay yeah I won't go in hard on Salah because he's, he's got a poorly shoulder no it's the you World know, Cup it's the World Cup you know let's not be let's be honest smash him
0: yeah
1: <laughs> right Um. I mean just before we you know move on to, to other matters um, you 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 alluded to this earlier on, Adam. Russia are flying under the radar here, aren't they? Um, they're surprising everybody. Um, I think we have a little chat to all the listeners. We have a little chat between us, and um, it's normally a lot of you know very salient points and, and and me putting pictures on of me having my face painted with an England flag. Um, but one, of, I think somebody made the point that Russia were thirty to one. Um, going into this tournament, and hey, heck, I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm not saying Mother Russia's going to win it, but they've they've surprised a few
0: people. And I, I think it's a bit it's, it's cliche to say it, but I think that um, it is true that a tournament always benefits from um, from a, stro- a strong showing from the home na- home nation. And you could see that in the in in the game today, the atmosphere in that stadium looked looked fantastic. You could see um, the crowd didn't disperse when the game finished; they stayed there to to um, applaud their players because, let's face it, that win has guaranteed Russia in the la- in the in the knockout stages of the World Cup. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, and we've we've covered the matches, and to all the listeners, I'm sure you've seen the tv games anyway so i think what adam and i are going to do now is just since all the games well every team's played a game we've seen every team indeed yeah yeah so we can sort of get a little feeling for for what they're all about um i thought we'd just look at some of the highlights the low lights so far um and 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 maybe since we're on russia um adam there's a lot of fear is a strong word um, but a, a few concerns about what the atmosphere might be like there, you know, organised fights, racism, and all we seem to have got is is midges. Um, <laughs> what, I mean, what, <laughs> what what do you think of um, you know Russia as, you know as a tournament so far?
0: I think that um, there's two things. I think that firstly, the people who were writing those stories before the tournament um were just were very much in, engaging in sort of scare journalism i think i think they that and partly that's not because i think they are writing false stories or they are um misinformed i think that uh those those things are all very prevalent in russia and russian and, and russian society we, we've seen that in with many instances but i think that it was clear to everyone to see that um Vladimir Putin was not going to let that happen on the um on his own turf or in the while the biggest show in town is on his doorstep um the the eyes of the world were going to be on Russia he was well aware of that so he was going to have them looking um pristine and you could see that where um they basically the stories of them rounding up all of the uh that known hooligan element and basically saying, if one of you misbeh- misbehaves, we're going to punish all of you. So it's been reported that quite a lot of those people have left the country for the world cup. So they can say, I definitely wasn't here. It couldn't have possibly been me. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. I mean, I also um, sort of doff my cap to the the whole organization of everything. Um, all the games seem to have gone pretty well. The stadium seemed to be in good nick. Um, the pitches are good, slash okay. Um, and, you know, obviously there was a, a massive change for this World Cup with VAR being involved as well. And there's, well, so far, I mean, touch wood, there, there haven't been any cock-ups really.
0: Um, no, I think they've been very, um, they've had the, uh, the threshold for using VAR very high. So the the threshold for what is a clear and obvious mistake is huge. So you're not seeing lots and lots of um, lots and lots of games, uh, lots of lots of incidents. Sorry, being take, being um, put to VAR. You're not seeing lots of decisions being overturned. Um, it it is. I, for me, I don't really think it's ruining the spectacle. Not at all. And if anything, I really like it. I, th- I think the only thing that's r- that's w- the thing w- that needs to, is, but this might be a a uh, a UK um, specific problem uh, is the way the media cover it because it is sort of like a new flashy toy that they want to make a big deal of all the time. Um, it, yeah. Whereas I wonder if you went to Italy or Germany where the the media where they've had this for a year, whether the the media is much more used to it and it is just part of the game now
1: well well I, I mean two things on that i mean i completely agree with you adam i mean i quite like i think it's quite modern and funky you know when, when the screen splits into three and you've got the pitch you've got you know the guys in the studio with var and then you've got you know another picture of the ref you know looking at the uh, tv screen as well all at the same time i think that's pretty cool and I think you make a brilliant point about that, and and about the um, the bigging up of VAR from a sort of English perspective, and and ITV are the worst um, proponents of this, because they've got Mark Clattenburg in <laughs> the analytics truck. Now, for the life, of, I mean, and I don't understand this. And I don't if it, I I don't know why I'm the only person who seems to think this. Why does Mark Clattenburg have to be in a truck? I mean, why can't he be in an office in Bristol or wherever? You know, it doesn't make any sense that he's got all this technology, lots of buttons behind him, lots of TV screens. But he's essentially reviewing VAR decisions, which is refs on monitors reviewing the refs' decisions, and then you've got a referee as so well.
0: So we've got, we've, got, we've got a referee reviewing referees who are reviewing a referee. Yeah. You know, it's, as, it's as meta as it gets, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think we need... Um, what we need is Graham poll in a newspaper talking about Mark Klattenberg's performance on ITV. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mark Halsey on a moped reviewing <laughs> Mark Klattenberg. You, you know, I mean, where does it end? <laughs> I mean, the fact you've got VAR, you don't need a guy reviewing VAR. No. I I, I don't know. I think maybe it's some sort of punishment to Mark Klattenberg that he's got to be in this van at all times. Um, There's no windows on the van as far as I can see. They just maybe (laughs) throw moldy old sandwiches in there to keep him going. Yeah,
0: maybe he's locked in. Yeah,
1: exactly. I I don't know, and I I don't want to say the ITV are a bit cheap, but I'm pretty sure he's not in a truck in Moscow. <laughs>
0: Maybe, who knows? Um, so th-
1: that's VAR sorted. Um, anything
0: else that sort of springs to mind? I mean, for example, I um, I think we'll- we're. In for, I just think we're in for a very exciting second round of games because we've got, um, we've got big teams in precarious positions. You've got uh, obviously Argentina, Germany, and Brazil. Between yeah. them,
1: they've got less points than England. Well, yeah, and, and, and as a result of that, you, on the flip side, you've got teams that you perhaps wouldn't expect to do well with three points. So, for example, like today, Japan, um, Russia, already with six points, and as you said, rightly, they're going to go through. Um, and, I mean, just out of interest, another point I'd make is that, do you know how many people watch the Tunisia-England
0: game? in the UK. Um no, let me guess. Uh, a guess? Billion. How many? 18. Bingo.
1: Oh. You got it absolutely spot on, which is the most viewed program event um in the UK this year. So, take that royal wedding. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the license fee'll probably go up now. Um but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, while we're on that, are you happy with the TV coverage? Um, I think, you know, the commentators have been pretty good. Ali McCoy seems to be getting a lot of plaudits, and I I commend that. I think he's been very good. I think some of the guys in the studio are a little bit less good, especially on ITV. Um, Do you think the TV companies, well, for, for us here in the UK, is the BBC and ITV, think they're doing a good job?
0: I think they're doing all right. I just think I don't understand why ITV think they need four pundits for each game. It seems a bit much. Hmm. But apart from that, yeah, it's not bad. It's it is one of those one of the good things about a World Cup is you do have this sort of um, this arms race between the t- between the two companies trying to get the best, the the biggest and the best. <laughs> that's, that's players, and sometimes they turn out to be duds. But I think I think uh, they're starting to learn now that you in the olden days they just signed big name players and thought people would be happy with that I think maybe a little bit more goes into it now whether they do test screenings or look at their previous work and I imagine ICV must have moved Hell and High Water to get Gary Neville
1: Well it's just as well I mean I I wish they sort of had moved Hell and High Water to not get Phil Neville
0: (laughs) Um I mean I reckon there's there's an intern somewhere at BBC who got the wrong one. (laughs) Just put Neville on the back of a fag packet. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: But yeah, I I think I've been doing a good job as well. Um, I'm enjoying it. At times, I have to admit, I'm struggling to keep up with it all. Um, Balancing work, children, and three to four games a day. Yeah, but I'm. I'm getting there. I'm doing it. I'm just about managing.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm sort of I'm managing to get a sort of an hour of the first and the second game, and then home to watch the se- the last game today. Um... I just, I just
1: think, Adam, and I don't know if you agree with me in this one. Is that? I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, so I, I've seen a few more World Cups live in the flesh, as in as live in the flesh as you can by watching telly um well i I went to euro 96 if if that counts but um a a lot of people seem to think that the world cup is this amazing event and it is an amazing event but a lot of them are frankly being dull right and a lot of the games have been dull in the past um you know people hark back to like oh italia 90 oh wow you know it, it it brought pizza, pasta, and the three tenors onto the scene and everything. But a lot of the football was dreadful, right? Um, and England contributed to that quite a bit in the early stages. I think this tournament is refreshingly good.
0: I, I well, think- we well, we haven't. We, wow, with that in terms of entertainment, and I'm I'm not one who thinks that you you need a game needs to have goals to be entertaining. But I know that some people have that that outlook, and we haven't had a single nil nil. Yes, that's maybe been slightly drawn out by Iran, scoring in the 95th minute in a game that was probably quite dire. But that's st- that speak for itself. Every team's played now, as we said, and not a single 0-0. Yeah,
1: and and I think, you know, what's also interesting is probably only two, three, but it's it's less than, the, you know, the teams on one, you can count on one hand, that are, you could
0: argue are potentially cannon fodder. You know, easy meat and I, I i think for me the most exciting thing is that uh, like, like we talked about a lot of those big teams failed to deliver and the team i think that, that i think personally put in the best performance of the in their first game which was spain still came only came away with a point hmm. so you you sat there thinking yes they were the uh, for me they were the best team i've seen but that they, they are a long way away from from getting out of their group still yeah so it's very exciting. Second it, round. It
1: is exciting. It is exciting. It's. A, it's a, I think it's a very good foundation for it to build on, and, and I just hope it can keep keep up the momentum because I have been very entertained. Um. I think that pretty much covers everything, unless you've yeah. got any more any more points that you want to bring to the table.
0: No, I think we're out of here.
1: Right. Okay. Well, let's do that then. Um. I'll I'll conclude. And uh, as always, um, if anybody wants to contact us, feel free to do that. Ask us any questions. We'll try our best to answer them. I can't say we'll answer them correctly, um, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh-huh. Um, there's a podcast coming out every single day. We try to keep it succinct to the point, um, not stating the bleeding obvious, um, and you know, discussing points like Adam and I have today. So. If you haven't already, and you're just listening to this as a one-off, then please subscribe, you can subscribe via iTunes, Acast, whatever your preferred podcast subscribing machine is, Um, and you get all the emails sent to you um, for download every single day. Um, To those of you who are already already listening to us, cheers, thanks very much for all the support, please continue to do that. You can contact us um, at Man on the Post on Twitter. That's probably the best way. Um, And I think with that, all I can say is tune in tomorrow to find out what happens um, with the games then. And all I've got to say is thank you, Adam, for your time today. Thank you. And, And always remember to keep your Man on the Post.